0: this is just leather or imitation leather, whichever one you've got. Uh, it, may be a, uh, it may be in the form of a computer. See, but it's not the paper, it's not the ink that's the Word of God. It, the word logos for years has been the written Word of God, but it's really not the written Word of God. It's the, it's the logic and wisdom that's contained within the written Word of God. Amen? And so this morning we're going to talk about the, the logic and the wisdom of the uh, Word of God, and uh, before we start talking about the scripture, as a matter of fact, you can turn there. Turn, turn to James chapter one, and if you just go ahead and put James chapter one, um, I believe it's twenty-three. Bradley, can we put that on the board? James chapter one, verse twenty-three. Actually, starting with verse. Um, Uh, verse 16. I'm going to let you hold your finger there, and I'm going to share a little bit before we start talking about, about this Scripture. What we need to understand is that in the book of Galatians, in the sixth chapter of the book of Galatians, it talks about people sowing and reaping. And it says, God is not mocked that a person needs to understand whatever he sows to, that he will also reap. And it talks about sowing to the flesh or sowing to the Spirit. See, those are the only two choices you have. It's the only two choices you have in in Galatians chapter 6. It says that, that you can either sow to the flesh or you can sow to the Spirit. So, everything that we do in life is sowing something. Everything that we do, we're doing in one realm or the other. You need to stop and ask yourself, is what you're doing at that point in time sowing something in the flesh? Or are you sowing something in the spirit? Now that, that's going to change the way you do things if you can remember to think that way. Okay? Now, we've set that stage that there, you're either going to be doing this in the flesh or you're going to be doing this in the spirit. So what are what realm are we sowing? What what am I going to receive in the future from what I've sown in the flesh or am I going to receive in the future from what I've sown in the Spirit? Because you're going to receive, amen? You're going to get something in the future and it's from what you've predetermined by your sowing, okay? Now this message isn't in sowing and giving, that kind of thing, other than the fact there's two different realms. There's a flesh realm and there's a spirit realm and you're sowing into one or the other. Now, when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus' first message to the Jews was to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That word repent, we don't need to go into the Greek and what it sounds like, but the word repent basically, in a nutshell, the essence of the word repent means to change the way you think. It doesn't mean just stop what you're doing. It means change the way you think. You cannot stop what you're doing unless you change the way you think about that. If you think that what you're doing brings you something of great value, you will always do what you're doing until you change the way you think. Does everybody understand that? We've got to change the way we think before we can undo or change what we're sowing into. See, for all of our lives we've thought a certain way, and so everything we've done has been sowing in the flesh because of the way we've thought. We've thought this way, so the way we think produces what the realm or the ground that we sow in. We produ- we plant seed in the realm of the flesh because of the way we've thought. The thought makes the action happen. Actions don't make the thinking happen. You think about everything you do before you do it. So, if I don't want to plant my seed in the flesh and I want to plant seed in the spirit, I've got to change the way I think. And that's why the teacher, or the gift of the teacher, the Holy Spirit is the great teacher has been sent to earth to teach us things pertaining to the kingdom of heaven. The Bible tells us time and time and time again, there's things that we can do. Everybody say do. There's things that we can do that when we do them, they are planting in the spirit. Giving is one of those things that you can do to plant in the spirit. Here's another thing the Scripture says we can do. It says, when you pray in the Spirit, you build up yourself in the most holy faith. So when you pray in the Spirit, you're doing something in the Spirit. See, there's things that we can do in, when you study. I like this verse. The, the, for years, this is my favorite verse. It says, study to show yourself approved. A worker rightly dividing the word of truth. Do you realize you can't study hard enough or long enough to be a, to, for your approval to be based on your study in other words God doesn't approve you because you studied but that's the way we read it study to show yourself approved or worker rightly dividing the word of truth it's not saying for you to study real hard so you can be approved by God oh I just got to study more so God will approve me no that's not what the scripture saying it's saying study To show yourself that you are approved. So when I study, I read the Word. When I study in the Spirit, I read. And what I read tells me that I'm approved. That I'm a worker and I can rightly divide the Word of Truth. See, you can study in the flesh and what's going to be magnified. You. See, if you study to show yourself approved to God... You're saying, this is me. See, when you study to make me bigger, you're studying in the flesh. If you're studying to let God be bigger, you're studying in the Spirit. So there's things that we can do, and the way we do them determines the direction we're sowing. Are we sowing in the flesh? Are we sowing in the Spirit? When I study, I study to show myself that I'm a worker, rightly dividing the word of truth. That, that I can't divide the word. Some people say, "Well, I can't. Stu- I'm not going to study the Bible because I can't. I can't d- understand what's in there." Oh, listen, church, God God's hidden His word, but He didn't hide it from you. You need to understand that God has hidden His word for you. You know what I'm saying? The the example I got was like Easter eggs. How many people at 40 years old goes Easter egg hunting? No, you don't do that no more, do you? You know why? You know why? Because you're the one putting out the easter eggs. Who are the ones that really get into the easter egg hunt? The little bitty ones. And how do you hide? Okay. I know it doesn't look like an easter egg, but if I wanted you to find this battery, and I knew, and I really wanted you to have it, I would put it somewhere. You ever see the mystery? You know, I'm one of those guys that. You see them little kids go; they just go out there and pick it up in the grass. Oh, I found one! I'd be burying it. I'd take the shovel, bury that egg in the ground, make them look for the fresh dirt and then dig. But we don't do that, do we? But see, that's the way we think God is in His Word that we got to dig, we got to look deep, oh, a deep thing. No, that's right on the surface. The, the the wisdom and the truth that's in here, God's put. Oh, look, I found it. Oh, look, I got a dig. I got wisdom. I got revelation. There it is. See, He hid it for us to find, not hid it hid it from us not to find the purpose of God hiding the Word is so we can find it. Man, you get that, rubber, you start looking, man, I, I start looking more often. I'm going to fill my basket. You know what I'm saying? How many kids love to, oh, oh, they got more eggs than me. Just go look for more. There's more out there. There's more eggs. All right? Now, so we said that, remember, you can plant, you're going to plant, everything that you do is planting everything you're either doing it in the flesh or you can do it in the spirit all right now watch this james chapter one in the book of james was written by who james very good the book of james was written by uh james and it wasn't written to Gentiles. See, we're, most, we're mostly all... Uh, most of us in here, I can probably say, are Gentiles, or, or were, or are our Gentiles. Uh, in, the, in the time of Jesus, there were only two kinds of people. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. The Jews were split up in 12 tribes. That's how they organized themselves, right? And you get an understanding of that in the Old Testament and things like that. But the book of James was not written necessarily to Gentiles even... Even though we can glean from that. Uh, James chapter 1, uh, verse 1, it says the second part, it says, or the first, it says, James, a bondservant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which were scattered. So the book of James was written specifically to a group of people that Jesus had told to repent, to change the way they think. Because all their history. They had been under the Old Covenant. And Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, change the way you're thinking because over here in this kingdom there's another way of thinking that doesn't work. You can't operate, you can't think this way in this kingdom. So when Jesus told them to repent, in other words, he wanted them to Change the way they thought, because when they changed the way they thought, then what they did would be in the Spirit, in the kingdom, versus under the law in the flesh. Because everything about the children of Israel before Jesus came was under the law and in the flesh. All the sacrifices were done in the flesh. It didn't matter what you were thinking in your head or what was it you were doing in your heart as long as you were obedient in the flesh in your actions under the old covenant it was okay because that was the realm they lived in so jesus came and said listen change, you jews change the way you think because in this kingdom there's another way of thinking so what we're about to read in james chapter 1 is written to the 12 tribes of 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 Israel that were scattered abroad that still had the mindset of the way they used to live, the way they used to be. Okay? So I was just a little, a little introduction. James chapter one verse sixteen Do not be to deceive, my brethren, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, which whom there is no variation or shadow of turning of his own will brought us forth by the truth of the uh, by the word of truth that we might be a kind of I like this part first fruits now that fits right in with the teaching we have on Sunday night about being first fruits of the creators uh, of the creatures verse 19 So then, my brethren, see, I couldn't read 19 until I gave you a little background there. It says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Where does wrath come from? Thinking thinking in the mind of an Israelite or a Jew, the word wrath comes from any type of wrath you are thinking of, the wrath of God. Right? So their mindset was... They knew that wrath... Matter of fact, when shepherds were body in field, keeping watch over the flock by night, they weren't, they weren't excited about hearing from God because every time... Usually when God spoke, somebody died. They weren't as scared of the devil in the Old Testament. They were scared of God. And so the children of Israel here have a mindset that wrath or a life under the law that they had lived under their law all their lives had produced wrath. Okay? Now watch this. This is really cool. It says this, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I can be mad at my children. I can have wrath and anger and, and ugh. I can create fear. See, when you have wrath, there's a, a, an aspect of fear. Right? I can be the gorilla in the house. I can, I can, I can, I can threaten to beat them. I can, you know, that's what a man does. Ah, I get mad. The man gets mad in the house. He throws things. You know, uh, or or when somebody gets mad, the door slam hard. I could always tell when I Joy got mad because that 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 she didn't slam the, the door. well, she did slam a couple of those doors. But the 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 drawer has all the silverware. When you slam that real hard like that, it breaks the face of the door off. And she didn't know that. I could always, but I had to go fix it again. No, just, just just just. But see, but see, that wrath never produces what what God can produce. So here again. What you plant in the flesh, the wrath of man, will. this action, this energy, this effort, even if it's under the law, will not produce what God is wanting to produce in you. Because you're planting in the flesh. You're trusting the flesh. You're doing it in the flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? We In our, in our life, we are doing one or the other all the time. You're either doing something in the flesh or you're doing it in the spirit. It's up to you in which way you're doing it. It says the wrath of man will not produce the righteousness of God. Now, now we, we can look at it this way. I'm not talking about necessarily other people being mad at you. You know, or you being mad at other people. Let's make it real personal. How about you being mad at you? How many times do you get mad at yourself and get frustrated? Oh, I'm just so stupid. You ever say, or am I just alone? Because that's me. I mean, my goodness gracious. I remember, I don't know how old Christopher was. He was a little bitty. He like, Christopher's my youngest, uh, youngest child. He's about this, I, I don't know how big. He, he was still in that cute stage. And I'm not speaking like a teenage girl. Because I think he's cute now You know what I'm saying I'm just, He's just cute He's a cute, cute little boy And, and I got I'm, I'm hammering or something Doing something And I, I make a mistake And I go Oh you're stupid Dad You're not stupid Because <laughs> see he saw me in a way See he saw me different Than the way I was seeing myself You see what I'm saying So I was responding. My wrath will never produce what God intended or God intends for me to live in. There's a way of living. It's not about living in the flesh in the flesh. The scripture says this. The life that I now live in the flesh is what Paul said. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me. So I live this life according to this, by faith. Thank you. I wasn't going to go any further until I got at least one Amen, Lord. Thank you. Amen. You just want to go home early, that's all. Because <laughs> we going to stay here. Okay. Look what it says here. Verse 19 again. So then, brethren, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce. See, there's that word produce. See, you're producing something with your actions. I'm going to say it again. You're producing something. When you plant seeds, you are producing something. You're planting a garden whether you know it or not. And you're going to get what you plant. If you plant flesh, you're going to get flesh. So don't come crying to me. When you say, well, all I'm getting is flesh, because then I know that all you've done is plant flesh. If you don't want to get flesh, don't plant it. If you want the will of God, start planting the will of God. And it will produce the will. You want your life the way it's been? That's fine. It's okay. I'm not here to change anybody. Listen, this is not about changing anybody this is about transforming you, about doing something on the inside. See, changing is religion. I can change my jacket, and I could, if I wore different clothes, I could look like a priest. Right? I could, I, could, I could wear a black thing and a little white collar, and I could look like a priest. You know, I could change my outfit, I could look like a nun. You know what I'm saying? See, it's not about the outside, people. It's about what's on the inside. It's about you having a heart that's after God. It's about you changing the way you think on the inside. It's about your soul being changed. Uh, Let's go on and read this in verse 21. It says, Therefore, see, you can't read 21 until you've read that before that. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness... Okay. "...lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted Word of God, which is able to save your..." This is telling us that the implanted Word of God is able to save our soul. Your soul is your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions. See, a lot of us have still planted things of the flesh... And it hasn't saved our soul. It hasn't changed our soul. It hasn't changed our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Because all we've done is plant in the flesh, we still think and feel and express the same way we've always done because that's all we've planted. So the Bible says, cut off. There are some things you can do in your life if you want to have a saved soul, renewed mind, an understanding of God's will for your life, There's some things in your life that you can do, and one of those is to cut off all filthiness. Now, filthiness does not mean take a shower three times a day. The word filthiness here literally means dishonor. There are some things that we do in our life that dishonor. Okay, It, it literally means to dishonor. I mean, if do you dishonor your body? Some of us do. We do think. Listen, I'm a diabetic. And I dishonor my body every time I eat some bluebell. Because I know it's not good for my body. I need to quit it. Please don't take that literally. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, you know, no, we don't have any bluebell at the house, you know what I'm saying? But we don't have it. I mean, we just don't have it. I mean, I might sneak a little quart, but I quit eating a gallon a long time ago. I just don't dishonor my body as much it's a process people that happen overnight some of us are addicted (laughs) sugar (laughs) you know but see there's some things that we can do to so if 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 dishonor is something that we need to put off what would be the opposite we need to put on oh honor so if we've made a practice of filthiness, which is dishonor, we need to pra- make a practice of honor. Honoring one another. Honoring yourself. Taking care of yourself. Taking care of your car. Taking care of your house. Taking care of your friendships. Taking care of your relationships. Taking care of your wife, husbands. No, oh, uh, come on, that's what I need to hear. I need some amens. Uh, ladies, you missed that. I got a couple ladies jump on that one. Wives, take care of your husbands. Men, come on, men. Well, let's do it again. Husbands, take care of your wives. Ladies, wives, take care of your husband. Men, oh, man, are spiritual church now. <laughs> See, because we make a practice of dishonoring. We just do it the way my daddy did. See, I, I've tried all my life not to do what my daddy did. My daddy's not a bad man, don't get enough. But, but I don't want to... That's not who I'm supposed to imitate. I'm not supposed to imitate my earthly father. I'm supposed to imitate my heavenly father. Most of us... Do, well, just the way my daddy was, the way his daddy was, his daddy was, his daddy was. And your son's going to be just the way you are. If that's the way you want him to be, unless you... Repent, change the way you think and start planting things in the Spirit so you can reap of the Spirit because what you're doing is just planting flesh and getting flesh. You want the same old you always had? We have a little saying that we've always said here. We've said everywhere we go, if you want something you never had you're going to have to do something you've never done. Most of us keep doing the same old thing, getting the same old thing, wishing life was different. <coughs> I just wish life was different and you just do the same thing. That's stupid. Did I call everybody here stupid? No! I'm just saying doing the same thing over and over and over, getting the same results, and then expecting different results, doing the same thing again and again and again, but harder? Harder is not the issue. You know, I'm getting off my note, but that's okay. You know, doing things harder is not the issue. Most of us have been doing stupid stuff all our lives and you go, well, I'm just going to try them harder. You know what I'm saying? Most of us, we're over here in the flesh and we've been doing things fleshly things all of our life and so now, well, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to plant more seed, deeper, water more. Don't keep doing the same thing do something different that fits in this kingdom and do it easy. Scripture says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Renew the mind. Plant seed over here. Realize it's not about you doing it harder, it's about you trusting what He's done. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's go on. This is all that, we haven't got to our scripture yet, but it's okay. Verse 21 again, Therefore lay aside all filthiness, and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word everybody say implanted in other words the word has to get in so in other words listen to this as long as you're doing things of dishonor and wicked things I'm going to say this out loud because I've got the microphone as long as you're doing things of dishonor and wickedness when the seed is planted it's not getting in it's not being implanted A lot of times people come to church all their life and when they hear the word, they go home and they can't remember what kind of word they heard because their heart is hard. The Bible says if you cast the word on stony or hard places, the ravens come and take it away. What causes a heart to be hard? Dishonor and wickedness. Things of the flesh. If you're living a life in the flesh, when you hear the word, it will just not impact you because it doesn't get in you. So, if you want the word to be impacted in your life, you have to quit doing this so your heart is soft and gentle, so it can receive the word of God. You know, I've got a friend of mine, and now he, he gets away with this because he's from Australia and he has an accent. And if, you're from, if you have an accent from some other country, you can get away with a lot of stuff in the United States that a pastor in the United States can't get away with. I've been in multiple services, multiple churches with this man, and he calls them bricks. He says, don't come up here and ask me to pray for you if you're a brick. He said, God can't work through a brick. You know, if you're set in your ways, if you come up and says, I'm not going to get slain in the Spirit. Well, don't come up. He's got those that come up there. Ah, prove it. Yeah, man of God, do it, yeah. Don't come up. You're not honoring the Word. You're not honoring the vessel. See, if you've got that kind of heart, the Word's not going to get in you because you don't want it in you. God's not going to force Himself. So what this this Word is telling us here, that if you want... Well, let's just show you what you want. Now, you don't have to take it, you understand. But if you want it, it says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. See, there has to be a meekness about your heart. It doesn't mean, listen, men, it doesn't mean be a sissy. I tell you what, I I slapped it. Listen, the church has tried to make men into sissies. I'm here to tell you right now, I'm going to slap that spirit. Men are men. We're, this is the kind of stuff we talk about on, on Tuesday night. We're going to talk about this on Tuesday night. See, man was created outside the Garden of Eden. You know that? You know why that's a big deal? Because men don't like boundaries. We like to be free. We like to experience new things all the time. We like to be stretched. We like to be on the edge. Woman was created after man was put in the garden. She was created in the garden. A garden is a protected place, boundaries and borders. That's why usually women like to be protected. They don't like those jobs where the husband goes different places all the time and the income's not certain. They like that regular income, that honey coming home every night. They like that protection for the children, the home. That's because by nature she was created in that atmosphere, and that's where she feels comfortable. But a man... Get me out of this house. I've got to stretch my legs. i got to go, go fishing or I've got to go do something outside and challenge my... And that's why we go to war. That's why men go to war because they've got to be challenged. they got to be on the edge. Anyway, enough of the commercials. Verse 22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So you deceive yourselves... I'll just go ahead and read the next verse. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. So in other words, you are deceived to think that you can come into a church, and I'm not talking about us here. I'm talking about people in other churches because I know we're okay. You know, I do that all the time. So you don't think I'm talking about you because I'm not. I'm talking about, you know, other people's churches but you deceive yourself to think you can have a hard heart come in and hear the word and go out and think it's going to do you any good that's what it's saying in a simple form if you got a hard heart if you're living you know if your heart is hard, it's not going to receive what god wants it to receive and you deceive yourself matter of fact this right here this is so cool it says this it says Verse 22, but be doers of the word. Then what it says down here in um, verse 23, it says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. That word doer in the Greek, it is the very, you know the word poet, poetry, or poet. You know that a, a poet is someone, you know, you can read poetry but a poet is someone who lives poetry who who it's a poetry is just not literature it's not paper it's, someone, it's something that so when you read poetry you don't read poetry you portray poetry the word in the group where it says the doer of the word literally means a poetic performer So, when it says, be ye doers of the word, that means take the word and then poetically perform it, display it, make it real, put emotion with it, have feeling behind it, be involved, be engrossed. If you know anything about acting, you have to engross yourself to the part, right, Crystal? You have, my daughter was the blue fairy in Sherman. She's popular. Eight year olds love her. But she had to engross herself in the part and become the blue fairy. She was a poetic performer of the word that she was given to perform. And that's what it's saying here for us to do is it's just not about just listening to the word and going home. It's about getting it on the inside and there, your soul so you can live it and breathe it and feel it and perform it so people See, you perform so people can see. See, this is what happens in churches that people living in the flesh hear spiritual truth, but they go back and live in the flesh and they never no one ever out there ever sees the spiritual truth because it's never gotten in their heart because they're not willing to let go of some things and start planning in good things. This is this is such a free. This is so practical. This is good stuff. I wish I would have heard it. Look at this. Verse twenty three. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing himself in a nat, his natural face. Everybody say natural. Natural. What's what we're talking about over here? We're talking about the flesh his natural face in a mirror for the observer uh, for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind everybody say kind what kind of man that he is so that's like someone seeing himself in a mirror and seeing seeing himself but then when he steps away from the mirror he forgets because he's not living up see the kind of man you are is important We need to understand that this Bible says we need to look into this mirror clearly and see the man of God that we are. So when we look into here, we're going to see, you'd almost say, what kind of man are you? Are you a man of the flesh or a man of the spirit? Because if you see yourself as a man of the flesh, you're going to plant, plant as the man of the flesh. If you see yourself as a man of the spirit, you have an opportunity to let go of that and do spiritual things to plant spiritually to grow a spiritual garden. Amen? Laura? Thank you, because I wanted to go on. We got, we got to get out of here. Verse 25. But he who looks... Everybody say looks. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. For he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it And is not a forgetful hearer, but a prophetic performer of what? The the perfect law of liberty. Why is it important to say the perfect law of liberty? Because the people this was written to, the twelve tribes of Israel scattered abroad were Jews, and all they had seen all their life was the letter of the law and the fleshly performance thereof. And this is telling us that if we look into this and see ourselves according to the perfect law of liberty, according to this... We and be prophetic performers of it, we will have everlasting life on the planet. We will be able to walk in the kingdom on earth. We'll be able to be happy in a, in, no matter what the situations are. We can keep our countenance. We can keep our faith. We'll know that there's no weapon formed against us or prosper. And we'll know these things, not just hear them, we'll know them because they'll be in our heart. But you got to see yourself according to The perfect law of liberty. Most people, the Jews, were still looking at the law for their, well, this is the way I am. Now, what happens when you look into the law? Here's what happens when you look into the law. When Moses came down out of the mountain bringing the Ten Commandments, you know what was on his face? Everybody say a bright light. It was called the glory of the Lord was all about him. He brought the law out of the Ten Commandments. And when he came down to the children of Israel, you know what the light from the Ten Commandments did to the people? It made them run from him. They ran away because the light exposed where they didn't line up with the Ten Commandments. It showed their faults, their failures, their disappointments. Jesus comes out of a mountain... Mount Transfiguration and the light's all about him and when he comes down the people run to him not from him. Why? Because the light of the new covenant the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus will show you how you are accepted and how you're loved and how you're pleasing to God and all the things that his ways are for you and not against you. See this over here this, this was against them. Over here this is for them. We need to understand that the light of the gospel the word of God is liberty, it's freedom. See, over here under the light of the old covenant, under the old mindset, when you looked into the law, you saw yourself as a slave, as a servant. When you see the scripture over here in the new covenant, you see yourself as a son, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, more than a conqueror. Over here you see yourself conquered. Come on church, this is so powerful. You're planning one way or another. You're doing one of them, whether you like it, are not you're planting in the flesh or you're planting in the spirit man and the only way you're going to see a difference in your own personal life is if you plant in the spirit if you want to see this manifest it doesn't matter what church you go to there's some great churches Victory Life is a great church one calls church down in McKee great church there's some great churches that teach good word there's great teachers on TV You know people that are great teachers of the Word. You might be a great teacher of the Word. But listen, it won't do you any good unless you quit planning here and start planning here. It's not up to God. He's already done His job. It's up to you. Go ahead and be sick the rest of your life. He said, I don't want you to be sick But if you don't apply the word of God You will be It's up to you Go ahead and stay in poverty If that's what you want Stay there It's okay Just don't come to me And ask me to get you out of it It won't do me any good To get you out of poverty If you hadn't changed the way you think Because you'll end up right back there again People win the lottery. Three years later, they're right back into poverty because they hadn't changed the way they think. Money's not the issue. Planting is. Thinking is. Getting the word in your soul is. Man, that'll change your life. You don't feel loved? Don't let the the wrath of man keep you from being loved. Study to show yourself that you're approved by God. A worker rightly dividing the word of truth. Read the Word. Let the Word save your soul. And as you're loved, then you're going to start loving other people. As you love other people, you have more friends than you ever had before in your life. Amen.